thanks very much, John. Uh, thank you. Uh, okay, as I said, th- these, uh, we're looking these couple of weeks at the very first Christmas being something that was promised, uh, promised hundreds of years in advance by, by prophets like Isaiah, uh, something that was look, looked forward to, something that was uh, anticipated. Uh, I think it's fair to say that, that still today, each year, uh, we look forward uh, to celebrating Christmas, don't we? Some people uh, really love Christmas. You know, maybe you're the sort of person who has been uh, planning for months already. Your, your house is like a kind of a Santa's grotto. Uh, Christmas gets you really excited. Uh, or, or perhaps that's not you. Uh, perhaps when you think of Christmas, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is just lots of things to do, lots of things to get ready, lots of things to sort, lots of expense. Uh, perhaps for you, Christmas means busyness. Uh, or, or, or perhaps for, for some of us as well, Christmas uh, can be a hard time uh, or, or a lonely time. That actually uh, you'll be quite happy just to get rid of Christmas, get it out of the way for another year. For, for a lot of people, uh, Christmas is a difficult time. Uh, people have all sorts of, of feelings about Christmas. Christmas comes with different baggage for, for all of us. Uh, and yet, however we might feel about Christmas, whatever our attitude to what it is, uh, we won't be able to help but, but notice that for the next few weeks, uh, Christmas uh, will be the big focus of people's attention. Uh, adverts will be Christmassy. Uh, houses will be Christmassy. Shops will be Christmassy. Events will be Christmassy. All sorts of things going on as people look ahead to Christmas. Uh, and why is that? Why is Christmas uh, such a big deal still uh, in, in our world? Well, I think that a lot of it is perhaps because Christmas offers uh, a bit of a break from the norm. Uh, Christmas is something special. Uh, Christmas is a time when we're encouraged to have a little bit of, of festive cheer. Uh, we're encouraged to put the difficulties of real life, perhaps, on hold... <laughs> Uh, and just to relax. Uh, I read an article that said this, uh, instead of facing reality, it's easier to just go into Christmas dreamland and pretend everything is okay. Uh, and I'm sure that that is uh, a motivation for a lot of people. Perhaps that resonates with you this morning. Uh, and yet actually, even as we think about that, it's such a stark reminder, isn't it, uh, that our lives and our world aren't all okay. Uh, that things aren't all just uh, as we'd like them to be. There are parts of reality, as that, that article said, that we don't want to face up to. Uh, we are looking for something more. Sometimes uh, Christmas can be, seem like a bit of a sticking plaster to put over those difficult things uh, that we just rather not think about. Uh, well, I think as we turn to the Bible, uh, as it speaks about Christmas, especially in passages like this from Isaiah written before Christmas, looking ahead to that first Christmas, uh, we get this incredibly rich picture of Christmas because we see as well the need for Christmas. Uh, We get this incredibly realistic picture, recognizing that actually uh, the world isn't as it should be, uh, but also the incredible truth uh, that because of Christmas, things can be far, far better uh, than we could ever Uh, Imagine The Bible promises us that that Christmas isn't just about papering over the cracks. Uh, It's not just a time when people can forget uh, by going out and having a good time, by uh, eating and drinking a bit too much, by getting more stuff uh, that we think will make us happy, uh, a temporary fix. Uh, Instead, uh, the Bible tells us that because of Christmas, uh, we can have real hope uh, in a permanent solution. 
that actually because of Christmas, things really have changed forever. And and really that's what these verses uh, are are all about. Two things, that something better is coming uh, because someone better is coming. Uh, So let's have a look at that. First, something better is coming. These verses in Isaiah are pretty common at Christmas verses. You've probably heard them read at Christmas things before, uh, and rightly so. Uh, you can almost feel that kind of sense of, of hope rising as, as you listen to them or as they're, they're read to us. Uh, they talk about something good on the horizon, uh, that something better is coming, as we've said. But it's good to, to see actually why that's needed, because as Isaiah is writing, and, and this is hundreds of years before the first Christmas, uh, as he writes, clearly things are not all good. Uh, clearly there is actually pain in the present as uh, Isaiah re- writes these words. You see verse 1, uh, the starting point is that the people are in anguish. Uh, the land has been brought into contempt, it says. Verse 2, the people are walking in darkness. Uh, actually the background here to this passage in Isaiah is that the people Isaiah was writing to, uh, the people of Israel who are supposed to be kind of God's special people, Uh, Well, they had rejected God. Uh, Their king had failed to trust in God. They hadn't been living for God. Uh, And so God had let them be taken away by uh, another nation, by a nation called the Assyrians. We we sang at the beginning of our service, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here. Well, well, that is the background uh, to what Isaiah is writing and what we're looking at this morning. Uh, Really, it is doom and gloom. It is God's people away from where they are supposed to be in exile, away from home, at a time of sorrow and hardship. I think one of the reasons that if the Bible speaks about Christmas, that the need for Christmas, the promised Christmas, one of the reasons that it is so powerful and that it remains so relevant to us uh, it's because the Bible's message of Christmas does not begin by saying, isn't everything just brilliant? Isn't everything wonderful? Let's decorate a tree and eat a turkey just to celebrate how great it all is. I know it actually begins by, by saying there is hardship. Uh, there is darkness. There is pain. It actually also says that all of us have done things, have lived in ways uh, which have added to that problem. Added to the problem of our, our separation from other people. <laughs> And most importantly, that the problem of our separation from God himself. The Bible does say, actually, yeah, things aren't as they should be. But that Christmas is all about how God has promised to do something about that. That something better is coming. Verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Uh, Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Now, it's interesting, Isaiah actually writes that kind of in the, in the past tense, doesn't it? He's, he's writing as if it's something that's already happened. Uh, but actually what Isaiah is speaking about hadn't happened yet. Uh, and yet he is so certain of it uh, that Isaiah can write about it as if it's already a, a done deal. That the final verse, verse 7, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Because Isaiah knows this is God's work, uh, this is what God will do, this is what God has promised, uh, then it is a cast iron certainty that this is what will happen. So, so what has God promised? Well, well, the promise is that this light will come. Uh, that into this darkness, uh, that a great light will shine. Now, lights are, are such a big part of our, our Christmas 
celebrations, aren't they, this evening? Uh, we'll be there for the switching on of the lights in, in Haddington. That's another plug to come along at 5.15 and, and join in with the carols. Uh, but people will have lights going up in their homes and in their gardens. I always remember growing up, there was a couple of houses at the end of our street who got involved in what I can only describe as like a Christmas arms race, trying to constantly kind of outdo one another year by year, sucking in all the electricity from like miles around. Uh, I was in Edinburgh last week, if you've been into Edinburgh recently. Uh, great lights there in, in the festival. It's amazing to look at. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, we love lights at Christmas. That, that love for lights is, seems undiminished by any kind of energy crisis or anything like that. Uh, and yet we know that actually uh, the, these Christmas lights don't last forever. Uh, they're out and they're bright and they're brilliant uh, and then they're done and they're packed away. And you're left trying to fit a a giant illuminated reindeer in the loft for the next 11 months or whatever it is. You know, the lights are on, but then they're off. And yet the light that Isaiah is speaking about, uh, the light that the Bible has promised for for that first Christmas, wasn't just something that would come and provide a bit of temporary relief uh, or enjoyment. Uh, It was something that would change everything forever. Uh, This light that shows, as we've been saying, that something better is coming. And the Bible's clear that the light that was coming and has now come is Jesus Christ. Uh, As Jesus is born on that first Christmas, the Apostle John writes, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Because Jesus has come, everything changes. Look at how Isaiah describes these changes. Verse 2, he says, You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the, the spoil. You hear that real emphasis on, on joy there, lasting joy, the joy of harvest, the joy of victory. But why is there this joy? Uh, where does it come from? You know, does it say, well, the light will come with a a toiletries gift set for everyone, or a turkey, or a a week of holiday, that that's where this joy will come? Well, no, it's much more than that, isn't it? Uh, Verse 4, for the yoke of his burden, and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken, as on the day of Midian. Isaiah says there's joy coming, uh, because there's freedom. Uh, that, That which had enslaved the people will be broken and done away with. He looks back to past examples of that, like on the day of Midian, that's talking about another story in the Bible, and yet this time, there will be a rescue for all time. There will be rescue, there will be deliverance, and secondly, through that, there will be peace. Verse 5, For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. These garments of war... Uh, this kind of blood-spattered clothing will be done away with and will be no longer needed because there will be an end to this battle. Uh, Ultimately, the light will come uh, and the light will win. Uh, Something better is coming, says Isaiah. Something better is promised. Freedom and peace that bring real and lasting joy is coming because God is going to do something. Because this light is coming into the world, And we'll win the victory. At Christmas, we celebrate something better. Now, before we carry on, let me try and perhaps anticipate a question 
uh, that might come into your mind. Here's Isaiah looking forward uh, to the first Christmas, promising something special, uh, promising something better. Here we are hundreds of years later uh, looking back at that first Christmas. Uh, And perhaps you might be tempted to ask as you you look around, as you think of the world that we live in, well, well, is this it? Well, actually, has this promise been fulfilled? Is this that we're living through, is this the something better, uh, as good as it gets? Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, I just want us to hold on to that question for a moment. If that's come into your head, please, we'll come back to that uh, in a minute. But for now... Uh, let's just recognize, let's just remember that in this time of Christmas, where it feels like every advert is kind of full of smiles, uh, where there's this pressure that, of course, you, you must be happy and everything must be wonderful and you must be loving it. Uh, well, actually, the Bible takes seriously that the world is a, is a tough place. That uh, is not all as it should be. Uh, but it promises that something better is coming. And why is that going to happen? How is that possible? Well, that brings us on to the second half of this passage, uh, which shows us that something better is coming, uh, because someone better is coming. Uh, Someone better is coming. Let me read uh, from verse 6 these great words. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This this promise is possible. Uh, This promise will come into fruition uh, because the promised one Will come, And let's not kind of beat around the bush here. Uh, this is Jesus that we're speaking about. Uh, Isaiah is pointing us forward to the coming of Jesus Christ that first Christmas. But look how uh, Jesus is described. He's, he's described as a ruler. Uh, the government shall be upon his shoulders. Uh, not just any ruler, that he's also uh, divine. He's God himself, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. These are, are names for God. The picture that Isaiah wants us to have in our minds of this someone who is coming, of the child born, the son given, isn't so much the picture of the baby in the manger that we'll see plenty of around Christmas. We don't read about this mighty one seated on his throne, overseeing his kingdom in order that we might say, oh, isn't he sweet? That's nice, isn't it? No, no, the picture is of God himself come to rule, of an all-encompassing rule, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Uh, A perfect rule, he will uphold and establish his kingdom with justice and righteousness, an eternal rule from this time forth and forevermore. Uh, This is a picture of the promised king who will make things right. Uh, Something better is coming. The light bringing joy because there is freedom and peace. Uh, Because someone better is coming. The promised king who will rule perfectly over all things uh, and bring about the world we all long for. The world God had planned from the beginning. Something better is coming uh, because someone better is coming is, is Isaiah's message in these verses. Okay, let me... Uh, 
tell you a bit of a secret as we carry on. It's not a great secret. Uh, this will be like one of those kind of clickbait articles you get online. Uh, Twelve things your minister doesn't want you to know. Uh, you won't believe number five. Well, here it is. This is number five. Uh, and it's this, that... that Oh, just brace, brace yourself here. That, that ministers don't really like Christmas. That's, that's the kind of the big secret. And, that, and that's not just me. I've got a sample size of, sort of two or three other people. So it's statistically significant there. But ministers don't really like Christmas. Uh, of course we do. Of course we do. Christmas is great. Uh, but but in, sort of job-wise, it's a tough time of the year. Why? Well, because it happens every single year. Uh, also because there are a lot of services and assemblies and other things. And yet all, all of that is fine, except for this. This is the hard bit. Uh, there is not that much in the Bible that talks about Christmas as we see it on the Christmas cards. Uh, and so theologically, like kind of God coming to earth, the incarnation as it's called, Emmanuel, uh, God with us, it is hugely significant. Uh, but when it actually comes around to, to the baby Jesus, uh, when the, the wise men and the shepherds, you know, you've probably got about kind of three chapters of the Bible that you're working with. There's, another, there's a few other well-known prophecies like, like this one in Isaiah. Uh, and then I think it was with all that in mind, I had this slight sense of unease this week, a, a bit of a lack of confidence. Uh, we've looked at this passage in Isaiah 9 at Christmas before, and I just start to think, well, you know, hasn't everyone already heard this? Uh, am I just kind of repackaging uh, the same stuff again? And I kind of thought about that for a while, uh, and I came to the conclusion that the answer is yes. That's, that's exactly what we're doing. We, we have heard this before. Uh, we have been here before. The meaning of this passage is the same as it was last year and the year before, and all the other years you've heard it. Uh, but the thing that encouraged me was this, that actually what better message to hear now, what better message to repeat, what better message to remind ourselves of at the, the darkest and the coldest time of the year. Uh, a joyful time of the year, absolutely. Uh, but also a time when any of our, our difficulties or our sorrows or our, our loneliness uh, can seem so magnified as they're seen in, in contrast to that kind of fictional, uh, unending cheer and happy endings uh, of feel-good Christmas films and, and messages that will be all over our screens. Uh, what better to hear again uh, than the promise that something better is coming uh, because someone better is coming. Or rather for us looking back to the first Christmas, something better is coming because someone better has come. Uh, Jesus, uh, the promised king, has arrived uh, to make joy and freedom and peace possible because he will rule over all things uh, with perfect righteousness and justice for all eternity. And what, what better thing is there for us to remind one another of? That it's not us who will do that. It's not us that can make things right with God. It's not us that will ultimately make things right with our, our world. But the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And so it is absolutely certain. And this is, as, as Ewan was saying, as we we're talking to the young guys, it can feel like we're, we're saying the same message uh, again and again. You feel like uh, you know what the punchline is going to be. Uh, and yet what better message to remind ourselves of uh, time and time again of what is coming uh, because of what Jesus has done. 
And so with that in mind, let me just finish by going back to that, that question that we raised earlier. The Bible's message of Christmas is that something better is coming because someone better has come. But perhaps we still have that question, well, where is this better thing? Jesus has come. Now we've had the first Christmas. The light has come into the darkness. And yet still we see plenty of darkness around. So, so is this it? Or where is this, this better thing, this better world promise, this deliverance, uh, this peace, uh, this joy? Uh, well, the Bible's answer to that question is that what God has promised uh, comes to us really in, in kind of two stages. Uh, that, that actually we can have this now. That Christmas really does make a difference in the present. Uh, but that still uh, there is something greater to come. You could try and explain it like this. I'm not always the best uh, Christmas presents or, or birthday presents, presents in general, I suppose. Um, but, it, but sometimes I really do pull it out of the bag, so it's okay. And, and last year, uh, I got for Julie, uh, my wife, for her birthday tickets uh, to see The Lion King at the theatre. We'd meant to go a few years ago, and we just didn't for some reason. Uh, but this time, I thought, I'll get there early. I got the tickets. Uh, it was all good. So on her birthday, she got these tickets. Uh, and yet the actual show uh, wasn't for... Uh, a few months. And I suppose the point of the, what I'm trying to show is, is it is good to get tickets for something, isn't it? Uh, having a, a ticket really means something. It makes a difference. It is very different uh, to having no ticket. You can open that present and say, wow, what an amazing present. What a thoughtful husband. Uh, how happy, how, how joyful I am. It's good. It's a good present. Uh, but actually, the fullness of that present uh, is still to come. Uh, the fulfillment, the full benefit is when that show happens a few, a few months later and you get to go uh, and be part of that. Now, well, in a similar way, because of that first Christmas, things really have changed. Uh, Jesus has come. Uh, the king has arrived. He showed throughout his, his time on earth in his teaching, in his miracles, in the way he dealt with people, even those who were thought of as the, kind of the lowest of the low. Jesus showed pictures of this perfect kingdom he was bringing, his perfect rule of the, the justice and righteousness we spoke about. Uh, but more than that, Jesus, the king, came to suffer. Uh, and we'll speak more about this uh, next week, but Jesus, the king, died to pay the penalty for injustice uh, and unrighteousness. He did that so that people like us, uh, who don't always get it right, who, who are far from perfect, uh, could be forgiven and so have a place in his perfect kingdom. It's important we remember at Christmas that that has happened. Jesus has achieved that. Uh, if we trust in Jesus, we, we have that ticket, as it were, that, that makes all the difference, not just in the future, but for the present as well. Uh, I think I can find it really easy to kind of default to simply saying, yes, there is something better to come, and there is. Uh, but also we need to, to fight to remember that this does make all the difference in the present as well. Uh, the promised king has come. And uh, that does change everything. We can have joy here and now, even in the midst of difficult situations. Uh, because Jesus has brought that freedom, uh, that deliverance, not from human authorities, but rather from the, the authority that hold the consequence of sin in our lives. That sin, uh, the wrong stuff we've done, the way we haven't loved God or other people as we should, uh, which would rightly would keep us out of any perfect kingdom of the something better that we all long for but Jesus has delivered us so that we can be part of that 
uh, through what Jesus has done, we really can have peace with God. We can be restored into a perfect relationship with him. Here and now, as his people, the light has come. Uh, Jesus has brought deliverance, has brought peace. So we can have that joy. Again, not a joy that is based on, on temporary uh, Christmassy things, but a joy based on an eternal relationship with God. Uh, and as we think of the, the eternal nature of that, it points us forward, doesn't it, about what is still to come, the fulfillment of the Bible's promise about Christmas, that there is still something better to come. Uh, there is still the fulfillment of this perfect kingdom. At the moment, uh, the light still shines in the darkness. But in the end, that the darkness will be no more. When Jesus' perfect rule and justice and righteousness will be seen by all, when those who here and now enjoy that relationship with God that Jesus has made possible by trusting in him, will be welcomed into the perfection of his eternal kingdom to enjoy that perfect joy, not tainted by any darkness. This December, as the run-up to Christmas uh, starts to I suppose, kick up a gear, uh, we want to remember for ourselves, uh, we want to share with others uh, as well, that, that, that Christmas is all about Jesus, the promised King. Uh, that something better uh, is here now and even better to come, uh, because someone better, Jesus, the promised King, has come. And because of him, we, we truly can have joy in the present uh, enjoying a, a genuine relationship with God himself and look forward to the fullness of that joy uh, when Jesus, the promised king, returns. Let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that the light has come, uh, that Jesus has come into our world, that he came as a baby, as we'll uh, be reminded of plenty of times this month, uh, but that he came as the promised king, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, who will reign forever in perfect righteousness and justice. Lord, we thank you that through the work of Jesus uh, we can be part of his perfect kingdom, uh, that we can be forgiven and brought back to you. We, can, we thank you that that means we can be certain of a perfect eternity with you. Uh, but also that means that we can have joy and peace here in the present as well. And Lord, we pray this Advent and beyond uh, that we would enjoy you, that we would worship you, and that we would live for you as people of your kingdom. Not because of what we've done, uh, but because of what you, the Lord of hosts, uh, has done for us through Jesus. And we pray all these things for your glory and in his name. Amen.